Hi everyone, welcome back to Football Anya, your home of Dutch football. The Netherlands have drawn against France, Austria and a playoff winner for the Euro 2024 group stage. We're super excited to talk about the Netherlands' chances in that group, the competition as a whole and an overlook on all of the groups within the competition. Um, and there's three or four of us, if you count Abdor's cat, to talk about the draw um, right now. So well, this isn't a live show, so do get us get get involved in the comments on YouTube. And of course, if you're new to what we do on Football Danya, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, put the notifications bell on so you get notifications when all of our shows are on. Um, and of course, check out the website with lots more over there. But anyway, let's get into it. So, um, Mike, Abdul, what did you think with Nevins being drawn against France? Of course, first of all, really, really tough. But then... There's other two teams. How how are we feeling overall? I don't think this was the the strongest group. Maybe one of the the ones you're going. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Netherlands should be getting through this. That was my overall gut feeling. Like, okay, this is good. Um, well, it it could have been worse. It could have been a lot worse. It's not a group of death, definitely. I think the most difficult group that uh, the one maybe has uh, Spain, Croatia, and Italy. Um, uh, I mean, we, we could have been with Italy. I was really uh, hoping that we don't really face them, you know. At least now we have the fourth team is one of the playoff uh, winners. So hopefully it, uh, it's not going to be a tough team. The strongest team could be Poland, actually, in that uh, in that uh, playoff uh, winner uh, part. So it's uh, Belgium. I mean, sorry, it's... Um, uh, it's uh, Austria, France, and the Netherlands, and of course the playoff winner from uh, Part A. Uh, it's an okay group. I think uh, we have a very big chance. Not to mention that uh, the first and the second qualify, and the best third team also out of uh, out of uh, four teams that will also qualify. Uh, I mean, sorry, the the four best teams out of uh, six will the qualify. Six, yeah. So, yeah. So we do have a big chance, and to be honest. Somehow I felt good that we were with France. It might sound strange, but uh, I just remembered all the times they beat us. They've been beating us uh, uh, lately in many occasions, actually. <laughs> in the World Cup 2018, they beat us twice. In Euro qualifier, they beat us twice. In the Nations League, they beat us once. So maybe it's time for a payback. Time hopefully. for a change. Yeah, mm -hmm. hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, when when I was watching it and the first two pots had been drawn, I, I was looking at England Denmark as the one that I really didn't want, and then the last one, which is Turkey and Portugal, I was like, oh, you don't want that one either. So I think that when I was France and Austria, I was like, it's tough, but it's not undoable. So I think they know France well. They've played them twice recently. They know what to expect from France, and France have recently we played them at their full strength, whereas France have played us half strength. So I think Ronald Koeman will be going into that game thinking, yeah, it's time for a change, time to go out full strength and you know what to expect from France. So I think that even though it's a bit annoying to get them again, um, at least we know them well and we know how they're going to play and we know the players and the players will be motivated to try and get a different result than what happened in qualifying. So you can be okay with that. And I think that Austria are a good side and um, they're decent. But they're beatable for the, for the Netherlands. They should go into that one thinking they're favourites. And then whoever gets out of the playoffs, whether it's Wales, who have a good side of the draw, I think they're at home um, for the first game. And then they might be at home for the final as well. Um, so Wales or or Poland. And Poland never turn up at you know, large tournaments. So you're, you're thinking it's, it's 
Netherlands need at least one win, I think. If the Netherlands get one win, then it should be through, regardless of what happens in the other two games. So you're thinking, looking at those teams, they should definitely get that one win. Yeah, because it's so minimal, the expectation to get through to the next round. And um, I've had a little look later on in the tournament. If the Netherlands finish second in that group, that yes, there are tough teams coming up, but it's a kinder route through when we see that all of these groups are deaf and those groups are deaf matching up with other tough groups, that there'll be some tough teams that are knocked out along the way. The Netherlands may not be involved in that route. Um, we can get to those hypotheticals a little later, shall we say. But um, I, I know that the response from Austrian football fans was like that they feel like, oh, the Netherlands aren't quite as good as some people maybe say they are. Um, but isn't Ralph Ragnick the manager? And he's not had um, a great time of it, has he? Five years. So I think with the Netherlands getting them, we've I, I, we have seen the Netherlands play against Austria before, right? Yeah, the last Euros to beat them. Yeah. Um, that again, I, I can't see that the Austria have come on very much since then. Um, the Netherlands at full strength are a strong zit, strong team, so they should beat them. Yeah, it probably will be Poland that come through, maybe Wales, of course. And, and again, we know that it's a tough team, but the Netherlands should get two wins out of two from those two games, and then you're thinking France. Can can you get a draw? And already that's enough points to to be first or second in the group. So um, hopefully we don't get one of those like weird upside down groups <laughs> where it's a bit a bit crazy. Um, but we've been drawn with a, probably the favourites of the competition. And at least I suppose if if that is the way that it goes, the Netherlands can't play them in the knockouts should they both go through until later on. So <laughs> that's another way of looking at it. They want the tournament won't be ended early by an absolute favourite. Kind of like it was with Argentina, as close as the Netherlands were in the World Cup. Um, that felt annoying to get Argentina at that stage because uh, it just kind of ended it all a bit early. You know that on another day, another tournament, that they get a bit further on. Um, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, it's it was quite a, quite a nice group, wasn't it, really, on the whole? Of course, if France came up first, he <laughs> must have been bricking it, Mike. Yeah, yes. Um, uh, I think we have, we have a good chance. Um... I'm sure many, many fans of Orania were afraid that we might be drawn with France and Italy. I was one of them, actually. I was waiting for Italy to be in some other group. And when the name Italy appeared in Group B, I was so relieved, really. I did not want to face them. We don't really have a good history with Italy. So uh, uh, after the name Italy appeared to me, I wasn't afraid. I was like, you know, whatever the name appears, I think we can handle it. Uh, the group is good, and let's not forget that uh, the top six will be in part one in the round of 16, plus the two best runner-ups. So hopefully we will be one of the two, I mean, if, if we will become second, you know, but I believe we do have a chance to come first in, the, in, in this group. If Orania is ready, if we don't have any injuries, I think we can perform well, and I think we can win the group as well. Let's bring up all of the groups um, in the competition. This is going out as a, a full podcast, so this is available um, on other platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Um, but if you're on YouTube or want to come over to YouTube now to see this, we've got the groups on, on screen, so we can talk through them. Um, as we can see, the Netherlands could be playing against Poland, Wales, Estonia, or Finland, but I think being realistic, do we expect 
Finland or Estonia to get this far. I don't think so. So could be Wales or Poland, um, Austria and France there. And then oh, your eyes have got to be drawn to Group B, haven't they? With that group of death, that is that is really really tough. And it could be that three those three stronger teams out of those four get through in some way or another. Um, but I'm sure we'll get some good games there. Are there any groups that draw your eye, guys? I think is I am Scottish. The, the group A is quite a nice one for for Scotland, um, especially coming up first game against Germany. The hosts, Germany, not playing very well. I think that they've got a good chance um, to come out of that group and get to the knockout stages, which would be which would be huge for for Scotland. So yeah, that was a nice draw for them. But yeah, I think Turkey and Portugal will be a, an excellent game. I think that will be one of the, the best games of the, the group stages. I think that will be very close. Um, so yeah, there's a few groups that you could say are quite poor. You look at England's group, you think they're going to top that one. You look at Belgium's group, that, that group doesn't look strong to me at all. No. Um, and unless you add Ukraine in there, then you think that you know there's three teams in there about the same level. But if you're Belgium, if you're a Belgium fan, today you're delighted with that draw um so yeah i think that a lot of teams will be coming out of this thinking it could have been a lot worse than what it is it's just group b is the one that you could look at and think that that's a group of death so with the netherlands um finishing let's let's say they finish top of the group first of all top of group d the winner of group d plays the runner-up from group f that's the group with turkey and portugal in you would expect that, of course, football is very strange sometimes, but you would expect one of those two to be that runner-up. Um, let's say it's Turkey then. Is that a favourable round of 16 match for you? Yeah, I think all the teams in the Group F uh, are teams we can handle, except for Portugal, of course, because we just have a very bad history with them. Uh, but uh, even Czech Republic, I know they, they defeated us in the last three times we faced them. But I think this time if we face Czech Republic or Turkey or even maybe Greece, which is the most realistic yeah. team that can qualify from that pot, I think we can handle them, yes. That's, of course, if we come first in the group. I wonder yeah. if we come second. That means we might, uh, we probably will face Portugal. So if if they run a runner-up in Group D, they play the runner-up in Group E. Uh, and that's a group which Belgium, we think, oh, Belgium coming to this might have a bit of a flop tournament. But in that group, do they still finish top? And then whoever else finished second, to be honest, I think that's probably the more favourable route. The Netherlands finished runner-up. They play the runner-up in that group. And then after that, they they could be playing the winner from group F. This is thinking long-term ahead. But that's, what do you think about that, Mike? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you never want to go into tournaments thinking that we're going to play for second, but you look at that and you think runner-up from Group E would be favourable. Because I think Turkey are tough. I think if Turkey have got their full-strength team out, um, then I think Turkey's a tough game and a one-off one -off tie. I know that they never turned up the last time at the Euros um, and they were bigged up quite a lot, but I think Turkey would be quite tough. I think Turkey are tougher than anyone that could come runner-up in Group E, I think. Um, even Ukraine, um, I think Netherlands could beat them. So, yeah, I would think that finishing second to France, if you're Ronald Koeman, you, you wouldn't say it, but he'd be quite happy with that, I think. Mm. 
So at this point, you're thinking, okay, runner-up in the group, and um, that might even be better in some ways. Um, it's all feeling quite optimistic at the moment, isn't it? When you see this as a whole, does it start to get that excitement into you both that this could be a special tournament? Well, um, hopefully it's better than uh, Euro 2020. There were so many. Uh, there are so many things going on, you know, around the world when the Euro 2020 yeah. started. It was a year after, actually, uh, 2020. So I think uh, fans now are so excited about this tournament much more than they were excited about the 2020. And I think we have a better team nowadays. Many players that uh, we are looking really uh, to see how how they will perform. In 2020, we had some problems in the team. Uh, we don't uh, have them anymore. We were not really happy with the Frank Dubor. You know, we are not really excited about him being our coach by that time. Many fans uh, had their doubts about him. So this time uh, we saw how Kuman started from the qualifiers. He had a bad start and then he uh, became better and better gra gradually. So hopefully he continues uh, uh, improving with the team. So I think at least for uh, the fans of Orania, we should be much more excited about this tournament than Euro 2020. I'd say so. And I think that I'd be interested in you know, what you guys think. But I think the squad is stronger now than what it was at the World Cup. I think that overall in the midfield and the players that are coming through in defence for right wing backs, so you know, Jeremy Frimpong having... Being in there, I think they've got you know Rinders in midfield now. Um, Dre Veerman coming coming through as well. So I think now we've got a stronger squad than when they were at the World Cup, and that makes me excited. If it's full strength, that is. If they if they get the players back from injury, they're all coming back now. They're playing for clubs again. If that stays and it's full strength, Netherlands, I go into this tournament thinking that no no one should really write them off. Um, that's a really intriguing point. Like, is the squad stronger? Yeah, but you caveat that by saying, is a manager strong? I think, has Kuman fully got us back on side now? We're a lot more positive towards him. But I still would rather have been going to a tournament with Van Gaal as manager, personally. Yeah, I'd rather have, I'd rather have Van Gaal in charge of this squad. Than, than Kumin, but I think that the players on the pitch, what Kumin has available to him at the moment is is more than what Van Hal had. Do well, think... uh, yeah, please go ahead. Oh, I, 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 honestly, Abdul, feel free. I was just going to add that does that then help with some people seeing Kumin as, as manager? And I don't I think people realize how strong the squad is. People will write the Netherlands off as like a um, you know, a, t a team's just a Denmark going, well, you know, they're a good team, but are they really going to go far in this tournament? Probably not. And they get written off. Um, but then we as Netherlands fans, we look at the other teams, probably with the same ignorance, going, well, we probably could beat them. We could beat them. Um, and you're thinking, how many standout teams are there in this competition? Do the Netherlands come after those best one or two teams at the moment? I mean, that you know, what, what do you think? Well, speaking of the squad, of course, let's not forget that uh, Van Dijk our, uh, was our main star in 2020 and he did not play. He was injured. Uh, and we saw how the defense fell apart completely uh, after, the, after the red card we got against the Czech Republic. I think the squad we have nowadays is much stronger 
even without Van Dyke, we have so many good defenders, world star defenders. We have some good attackers, actually. At that time, we had to depend on Malin, who I'm, I'm really sorry to say, he never met the expectations, you know. This time, we have so many attackers. We have uh, uh, Gakpo, we have Nawalang, we have uh, Simmons, although he hasn't been impressing with Orania, but let's hope he will improve. We all know he has potential. We do have so many uh, players that do have potential for this Euro. Even the midfield looks stronger. In 2020, we only had Frankie de Jong. Now we have Frankie de Jong, we have Reinders. We do have some players that could actually perform well if they are selected with Orania. Uh, Timber is one of them, for example. You know, There are so many players in this uh, Euro that can actually make you confused uh, uh, who you will be selecting for this tournament. And for anyone who thinks, uh, uh, please forgive me, Michael, if I disagree with you about Van Gaal. I do have big respect for Van Gaal, of course, after all what he did for Orania. But uh, I do believe in, 20, in uh, 2000, 2020, he did not really do much with, with the team. We were over-defending with Argentina. We did not pour, perform well with any, uh, with any opponent. But with Kuman, I see the team performing well, performing smart in many games. So I do believe Kuman is the man for the job. I just hope he doesn't really make another mistake or... He goes back to the mistakes he used to do in the past, you know. What's won you around with Kuman though? Because I'm sure that if anyone watched back some of our old shows, that all three of us are in the Kuman out camp, um, you included, Abdul. So what, what's changed for you? Well, uh, he okay. He dropped the four three three before. He he always insisted on playing with four three three, and we saw the result against France. How disastrous the the result was. We were 2-0 behind in the first 10 or 12 minutes. And then uh, we saw how the team performed also 4-3-3 in the Nations League against uh, Croatia and against Italy. Uh, if he continued playing with 4-3-3, I don't think we could, he could have continued uh, being our coach and uh, the entire qualifiers. But he knew he was making a mistake. So he switched back to 5-3-2. And he changed it to 4-3-3 depending on the match, depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. And I really liked what he did, you know. He became more dynamic with the lineup and with the formation. I think we all agree that most of his substitutions, most of uh, the time he switched the, the, the formation, was very helpful for Orania during the qualifier. We saw that with Greece. We saw that with uh, uh, with Ireland in the first match when we were one goal behind, how he turned the table around. He's, he did that in many games, actually, in, in, uh, in the qualifiers. That's what makes me really being positive uh, with Kuman. Hmm. Yeah, and he's talking about that smart football. You're trying to say that he's able to be, um, he's able to adapt to what, what he's got there. Um, and he's using a lot of different players, too. He's not always sticking with the same ones. He, he has given some of us a chance. Whilst we don't agree with his squad selection in the first instance, when he is there with the players, um, he has changed things. Yeah. Uh, still, though, he is not bulletproof. People have been criticising him, even with all the wins we've been getting in the qualifying campaign. Um, just a final note as well about you saying that the, the players, we've got what we had before, plus some new quality. How about those players like Frank de Jong? They're, they're going to be four years older or three years older than that with that experience now. That's also going to be so beneficial. Um, of them having a disappointment in one or two tournaments. 
um, that the, this is a bit different. It's like you've got a bit of a more of a wily team now that they're going to be um, fired up and know what's doing these knockout rounds um, should they get there. So that's why I'm feeling more positive. But I also know that this is football. There are going to be other teams' fans at the minute being super excited for a tournament and thinking it's their chance, their year. Um, but what will separate Netherlands apart? You know, how how are they going to get to that tournament now? How can Kuman use his time without the players um, to fully prepare? Well, I think we'll be doing some more preview shows on on like the group and the competition as a whole to get other fans' perspectives. We can guarantee that that will be happening. Um, but right now, like, do, do, I'll, be, I'll be kind of blinded by excitement or has, has Kuman got something good, good going, Mike? I think he does. I think the, the way that we ended the qualification um, was strong. Uh, I know that a lot of people think that Greece and Ireland weren't the toughest of opponents. Hmm. I disagree. I think that they're tricky games. I think that going away to both of them and winning is is good. I think that they had a trickier group than most nations had in, in the qualifying. Um, and they got through it. You know, I was watching the BBC coverage today and they're talking about Wales because obviously Wales could possibly be in this group. And they they thought it was a good draw for Wales because Netherlands aren't as good as what they used to be. And, you know, James McFadden um, was on it and he said that Netherlands struggled for their qualifying group. And I don't think Netherlands struggled for this qualifying group. Mm. They won every game except for the two against France. So, yeah, um, I think there's a misconception out there about what the Netherlands is about now and the, the strength for them because they're not as, as strong as what people expect them to be um, from going past to, to previous eras. So I think that that would suit Ronald Koeman that if they go into that and people think that they're a bit of an underdog, he'll like that. You know, not too much expectation on them to win it. Um, let people sleep on us because they've got the players to to do it. They've got, as you say, you know, Frankie de Jong's a few years older than when he was at the World Cup. Um, you know, when he was going into the World Cup, he was a player that Barcelona were trying to sell and now he's widely regarded as Barcelona's best player. So, yeah, we've got the, the talent on the pitch to do it. Um, we've got a manager who <clears throat> has big tournament experience as a player and um, has won it himself. So, you go into that thinking that that, that could come in, in handy as well. So, yeah, I think that everything at the moment now is, is positive for Netherlands and we just need to hope that the injury crisis is over and that the key players stay fit between now and the summer because that's the only thing that could derail Netherlands, I think, going into it is if the Memphis is out, if Frank de Jong's out, if, if Virgil van Dijk's out, then you know, if you're missing one of those key members um, of the squad, then that might be a bit of a problem. But if they can get everyone fit, key players starting, then I can't see why Netherlands can't go very far and even win this tournament. What an excellent way to finish this little podcast we've got had, we had here um, talking about the draw. Um, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Abdul. So we've got a bit of a break, haven't we, from the Netherlands now? And whilst that means we'll still be carrying on doing our podcast on Football Nanya, a little, little less Netherlands-focused, I guess. Um, it's all going to go quite quiet, isn't it? T- only two two games before the Euros, would, would you say, Mike? I- I- they're going to be the friendlies, aren't they, in March? Yeah, friendlies in March um, so far. There's not really any, you know, teams can do it, but a lot of teams don't. You can arrange like pre-tournament friendlies if you wanted mm. to. Um, but I don't think the Netherlands have done that the past couple of tournaments. Um, yeah. I, I know they used to do it, but not recently. So, yeah, you're looking at the March games. Um, but yeah, the, the calendar is just from now until the summer. The, the football calendar is so packed. 
that mm. yeah there's not really that much time to fit in a couple of internationals and the only international breaks for next march would be a case of finding out the playoffs you know that's what's going to be interesting for everyone's finding out who's going to get through those playoffs um who's going to be the final team in the group um and then yeah the, the other things to look out for will be you know like nations league draws world cup draws things like that but yeah it's all going to go a bit quiet until you're looking at march next year which is only three months away so not too long and we've got plenty of you know we've got champions league to look forward to next year as well with psv psv wins so yeah, there's plenty to keep the, the dutch football fans happy over the next next few months anyway brilliant um if you enjoyed this show do give it a like support football Anya by doing that and subscribing if you're new um and comment on the on our youtube channel what you think of the draw are you happy with this um or is it actually a tougher group than it looks perhaps we're sleeping on the playoff winners and sleeping on austria let us know um all right guys thanks for joining us and thanks everyone for listening much more from us soon bye